The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we begin a Monday. Gary, how are you? Eh, you know, bored. Nothing happened over the weekend. I know. Uh, it's it's really... Just, uh, Quiet, nothing at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, quiet weekend. You know, not much to uh, pontificate about. Uh, <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, it would, what a zoo it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what what a zoo after, what was it, Saturday morning? Yeah. The Saturday morning that uh, Trump put it on True Social? Yeah. Well, by the way, he did use Facebook. Mm, mm-hmm. So, remember, he said he wasn't going to. Right, right. But the FBI gave him clearance to use that Facebook, so uh, so he's back on. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You can go. <laughs> James Baker called him and said, it's okay. We've approved you can it. Use it. <laughs> um, I mean, there's just, there's so much to, to, to cover on this entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, most likely... He, uh, if he is indicted, he will not be arrested on Tuesday, right? According to most sources out there, mm-hmm. he, his spokesperson even uh, said that you know this is just what they hear in leaks. They have not been informed. Yeah, that, there has that, to be a conversation between the right, the uh, prosecutor's that, office and his camp, and and arrangements right. made. And and so. You know, we we went through this point by point last week. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to sit back and uh, I will await for the applause. Mm. Uh, I I said it before any legal expert said it. What's I made that? I made the comparison and broke it down and and uh, to the uh, to uh, to the uh, Hillary uh, being found guilty of of uh, of uh, using uh, you know of of basically fraudulent. Uh, in the um, oh, in the uh, uh, email server, the no, 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 no. The uh, the other day when I talked about uh, the hundred thirteen thousand dollar Federal Election Commission mm. fine against the Clinton campaign, uh, the Clinton campaign, where they admitted that uh, in their in their campaign election filings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they they committed fraud, mm-hmm. and they were fined one hundred thirteen thousand dollars for it. Right. And 
to look at the, the what, what they're basically saying is, well, let's make this clear. This is all speculation across the board. The right. the DA has not spoken on this, mm-hmm. but it's where they look and they say, well, what could you possibly get him for? Mm-hmm. You know, what for for what happened, for what his behavior is, why is it criminal? And they're looking at a state uh, law, as we said the other day, uh, that would be uh, falsifying business records. Mm-hmm. That And I don't know where they have him falsifying the records. I don't know if it's in the check. I don't know if it's in official records because this wasn't like he uh, committed fraud on a tax form. Right. I don't know. Is that his own ledger? Right. If it's his own ledger, so I can... And, and we, we asked the question, and nobody has gotten to this particular point that I've seen in analyzing this. If Trump sits there and, and says, okay, I'm going to write a check to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the check is going to be, you know, you know, for services rendered. And in my ledger, I'm going to write it in a certain way uh, that this is a legal fee. And now this is completely and totally outside. I'm not I'm not doing this. I'm not taking campaign money to do this. That right. isn't a charge, is it? Right. No, well, the, the charge is that he took his personal money and his personal money should have been uh should have been listed as campaign dollars mm-hmm. in order to do this. Now, the federal government wouldn't prosecute on that. Right. They wouldn't prosecute. They've already this already come before them. They would not call it Mm-hmm. a federal elections campaign violation. Right. They did. The federal government did with Hillary. Mm-hmm. And so she committed because she sent, you know, they whatever her campaign sent, and somebody had to approve that, sent those campaign dollars to Perkins Coie, who then funneled it out. Mm-hmm. But that's a business transaction. If you're trying to make the case for Trump, then the case for Hillary is that's a business transaction between you and your lawyers. Mm-hmm. And why did you why did you do that? And then why did you why did you commit that fraud? Because you committed you committed that fraud because you wish to commit a campaign election violation mm-hmm. and not tell the truth because you wanted to go after Trump with the dossier. I think you have a stronger case, a much stronger case for Hillary, and that's just a weak posterior case completely, mm-hmm. even against Hillary, which is why nobody thought it up. Hillary's worst enemies didn't think it up. Right. Because it would be bizarre. Mm-hmm. You go, well, no, sorry, it's a, it's a, it's a federal election campaign violation. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, she was found by the FEC guilty of that and had to pay 113000 Right. The campaign did. Right. And so here you have a case where the federal government wouldn't find it as an illegal campaign violation. And so that's where he wishes to go down, which is why you, you see, uh, you know, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, Jonathan Turley coming out and just saying, I mean, this is just, you know, this is just totally, this, what did he call it? This case is legally pathetic is what Turley said about it. Yeah, legally, right. because what they're trying, you know, he's trying, what he's trying to say is, okay, that was a, 
but I don't know where they're saying he committed fraud. Was it his own ledger? Is it fraud if you put, if I write a check to you in a business transaction? And I, as long as I don't use it in taxes one way, but if I just have a transaction with you to buy something, that's technically a business transaction, right? Or any lawyer, and if I write my check or in my ledger that I put it for this and it was something else, is that business fraud? Well, the reports last week got specific and said, or more specific, and said that it was about uh, essentially the whether or not there was a retainer in place with Cohen at the time, his lawyer. Right. And that he had marked these payments, monthly payments, monthly installments as retainer when there was no retainer in place. Well, that's this is essentially what we asked back then, last week. Well, wait a minute. Are you saying that he wrote down a, the word retainer somewhere and there wasn't a retainer? Tell me what law he broke. Right. Unless he was trying to avoid taxes. Mm-hmm. What law did he break by doing that and who gets prosecuted? While, and I guess that's the reason that if there is an instance where it deserves, uh, I guess, uh, prosecution, it's only a misdemeanor in New York State. Mm. And so, but you're, you're talking now, now politically – the reason it's a problem is Trump is saying, I didn't have an affair with her. Well, then why did you pay her? <laughs> yeah. Politically, that's always been the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, form that. But you can do something that's Im- you, you can do something that is immoral or a lie. And it's not breaking the law. If lying and being immoral was breaking the law, would anybody be left in D.C.? Mm. But what he's trying to do is, if this is the way he's going down, he's trying to take something that's a misdemeanor. That that's questionable to begin with, whether it's actually business fraud, and say, we're going to make it a felony because you did that in order to uh, evade federal campaign finance laws, which would up it to a felony on a analysis that the fec uh, the federal government has said he did not do they didn't find him for it Mm -hmm. and so you're trying to take a state law and up it to a felony because you say he was trying to avoid another law which is a federal law that the federal government has said he didn't commit a violation right really well, you know, you may you you may use this politically to go after Trump because you believe you will be successful in whatever your intent is, and that's another story that we'll get to here in a little bit. But I, I don't know how this gets through any federal uh, any appellate court eventually. Yeah, I mean, I you you would see immediately the move by Trump's lawyers to dismiss this case, and I'm not so sure that the judge wouldn't. Well, even if my, I guess my point is, if he's found guilty, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'll play Dershowitz here in a little bit, and he's saying, oh, no, with the juries there and with the judges there, Mm -hmm. they could get a conviction, but Mm -hmm. you get it up to the appellate courts, they're going to go, 
get this thing out of here. Mm-hmm. But have you accomplished your goal at that point? And by the way, Dershowitz makes clear when he's talking about it, I am a liberal Democrat. I will vote against Trump for a third time in his analysis mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And that's why you don't see really anybody on the left talking about the legal specifics of this. Well, it's it, it is you hit on something. What is the what's the design behind all this? It is the perp walk in New York. Even a perp walk in Georgia wouldn't have the same effect. A perp walk in his home state of New York in New York City. That's what the liberals want. Most believe that won't happen. I don't think it will. I don't think you're going to see that. Um, but they would love that. And yeah, even if it's his lawyers showing up, that's just, even if you get that close to a perp walk, they're going to relish that. That's going to be the images coming out of this week's news cycle, if it were to happen this week, which many believe it won't. I was reading some analysis on it saying probably there will be nothing except drawings if there is an arrangement, uh, arrangement an arraignment, uh, because they don't want anybody close. The security would be so tight that you wouldn't see anything. Now, you might see the mugshot, hmm. but they doubt that the mugshot you would see anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Because the judge himself would say, we don't want a circus here. Yeah, and he also has Secret Service protection, which will control right. a lot of right. you yeah. know right. what is going to be seen what isn't. Yeah, so uh, it's... Uh, uh, but you don't have, and, and one thing I think is important, notice how, you know, for example, when we talk about Biden, we talk about the specifics, but in this case, you don't hear any, you know, for the Trump case, you don't hear anybody talking about it. Well, you, the, the, the liberals you do are Jonathan Turley, for example, mm-hmm. uh, our, our Dershowitz, yeah. the, but everybody else just says, you know, Trump is guilty. Trump is guilty. Trump is guilty on the left. It's like, of what specifically, and get down to the legal aspects of it, and when it gets down to the legal aspects of it, you really don't have a lot of people on the left trying to justify or actually going through the law and saying, here's how you can do it, and this is commonplace. When you go after an ex-president of the United States, you have better have a slam dunk and very well understood crime against them yeah and this is this is uh i mean it's just it's a legal mumble jumble of of making up a felony it's what it's doing it's trying even at the new york times they don't get into the specifics uh maggie haberman who is the lead reporter on their coverage on this on saturday uh, the way they phrased it is charges stemming from payments made to Stormy Daniels. It doesn't get into the law that is broken. Yeah. And that's the question. You're doing legal gymnastics, and I mean very, very <laughs> limber mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, legal gymnastics to try to get to the try to get to that point. Yeah, you're doing the New York Times uh, crossword puzzle, and you know the word doesn't fit, but you spell it differently just so it will. 
And that's exactly what's going on here. You know, it's otherwise you would say you would see this from the liberal media with everything they have in place. Here's the very law he broke. Yep. It's what we do. Right. It's what we do across the board. Why? Because it's part of the legal system. And I want to understand if somebody is charged with something, what the specific crime is. We've done this on murder cases Mm -hmm. across the board. And and when DAs have overcharged and people have called up and said, no, it doesn't matter what you think. Well, you're angry. But what is the actual law for the charge that is committed? We've actually had back and forth with that. And I think people have, you know, grudgingly at times agreed with us. Even though there might be a heinous crime out there, we're like, yeah, but it doesn't fit what the law is. And that's eventually what a judge is going to look at in, in the, an appellate judge for an appeal is going to look at. It's eventually going to be the law. You may be able to get by a jury. You may be able to get by the, 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 uh, the, the judge in a particular local case. But as it works its way up through, that's where you have problems. Well, you had a, an overzealous prosecutor in Texas that charged the former governor, Rick Perry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, during an election cycle, you know, when he was running for president, and then the charges were just eh, just dropped. Yeah, later. Well, well that it's a, that's a commonplace going after yeah. Republicans yep. in the state of in in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is you go the Democrats? The, this is known, and people say, "Well, this is outrageous." It's almost commonplace in Texas. Mm-hmm. You should expect it. Yep. I, I kind of wondered. Well, could you see what, something come down against a DeSantis? I wouldn't be shocked. Yep. It's. <laughs> I don't know what it would be, but tell me what the no one can tell me what the charges are against Trump, what law that he broke, supposedly. So if you can't, you know, if you can't tell me exactly what's going on and then don't don't uh, corner me as somebody who is going down a rabbit hole. If they're going to if you're if this is going to be activism, the new activism, you saw the grand jury foreman from Georgia. Holy cow. Yeah. She's bizarre. Yep. SNL just days after that mocked her endlessly. She's crazy. Bat soup insane. Yeah. Her interview stopped quickly, didn't oh, it? Oh, they did because they were crazy. And that's exactly where they are mentally. They'll go after anybody on the right. 86690 Red Eye. It's not always easy to spring back from the harsh days of winter to warmer months ahead. From de-icing chemicals to hidden debris underneath snow and ice, winter conditions can do serious damage to your truck. Here's a must-do maintenance check to help you minimize downtime and stay rolling. Inspect your brake hoses, linings, and slack adjusters for any wear and tear. Listen for any air leaks that may have resulted from moisture freezing up in the system. Check slack adjusters for proper stroke and lubrication. And check your brake linings or pads to ensure proper thickness. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest 
at a great price. Book online at motel6.com and use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, with some audio coming from liberal Democrat um, Alan Dershowitz, mm. constitutional uh, lawyer, well-known mm. mm-hmm. uh, here in uh, in a little bit. Plus, uh, Joe Biden says, no, it's not true. His family didn't get money after the reports from the Treasury Department and his own son's lawyers say, Yes, we did get money. Yeah. They really need to get their story story straight. If there was any question about why they want to hide Joe Biden. Yeah, right. That was it because that was just yeah. a quick question. Right. You know, to the reporters as he's heading to the helicopter or around right. the White House or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's like, it's horrible. Yeah. Just bad. And join the conversation. 1 866 Red Eye. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. 866 uh, Red Eye. All right, let's uh, go over the weekend. Uh, Alan Dershowitz uh, was on uh, Newsmax, and, uh, Newsmax and gave his opinion uh, about a possible uh, Trump indictment and arrest. The prosecution itself is an unrighteous prosecution. It's a targeted prosecution. It's an example of the conversation between the head of the KGB and Stalin, where the KGB guy said to Stalin, find me, show me the man, and I'll find you the crime. Right. Um, this is selective, targeted prosecution. Uh, the, the, the indictment itself, if it comes forward, would be uh, an act of hyper-creativity, uh, combining together a federal statute, the state statute, unprecedented, uh, unjustified, and uh, yet likely to succeed, because in New York you can indict a ham sandwich if you're the grand jury, <laughs> and probably convict the ham sandwich if his name is Trump, because the jury pool will be so dramatically opposed to Trump. This is a very bad day for America. Look, I'm a liberal Democrat. 
I want to vote against Trump for the third time. This has nothing to do with politics. This has to do with my lifetime commitment for a single standard of justice and no weaponization of justice, you know? I think it's pretty simple there. And, you know, I'm 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 looking at some um, other documents that I came across and, and another article in the New York Times that came across on Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon, breaking down, dissecting the charges. And they're they're just really weak. And it gets into falsifying records in the second degree. A person guilty of falsifying business records in the second degree when or with intent to defraud he when he one makes a, a cause or causes a false entry in the business records of an enterprise or number two alters erases obliterates I'm not sure what obliterates means uh, deletes removes or destroys a true entry in the business records of an enterprise three omits to make a true entry in the business records of an enterprise in violation of a duty to do so, which he knows to be imposed upon him by law or by the nature of his position, or four, prevents the making of a true entry or causes the omission thereof in the business records of an enterprise. Uh, Then it goes on to... Uh, the next uh, uh, charge, which I guess could be, and that's in the first degree. person uh, is guilty of falsifying business records in the first degree when he commits the crime of falsifying business records in the second degree and when his intent to defraud includes an intent to commit another crime. And I forget who it was that broke that down. That would be the felony. Last week. Yeah, that would right. be that's the that's the felony. The, or to aid or conceal right. in the commission thereof. Right. And that's that's why we 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 uh, went and you know back and looked at the Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. situation. And said okay, yeah. well there was a stronger case, much stronger case to go after Hillary Clinton because the FEC found her uh, in a. a campaign election violation campaign right. uh, you know election campaign fund violations mm-hmm. already find her $113,000 and uh so that was a business transaction yeah right. from the campaign to Perkins Coie the law firm mm-hmm. so nobody then that's why I said earlier nobody not, not even Hillary Clinton's worst republican enemies ever conjured up anything like that if that's what he's going after but i don't know what else he'd be going after that's right. the thing there's it's limited the uh, you know and unless the da comes out and says uh oh i don't know you uh you raped her hmm. you know if this if this is uh, because i don't know what other i don't know what other business thing they could be going after and no neither does anybody else that's why they've settled on this and said so this has to be the only thing that they must be going after and if they're going after the felony on it, that's just, it's just absolutely bizarre. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's the most, it's one of the most bizarre things you've ever seen. It would go down in history. It would go down in history of of, uh, of attempted prosecutions in the United States. Yeah. And I believe it would be overturned if those are the parameters 
that Bragg is looking at. And then the thing is him being pounded on not going after, you know, serious crimes and not going after violent crimes and then going after this. It stinks of politics. But again, the point is when you look at the point on any of these things, and we've and if you've listened to the show, you know, we break down every single case and the legalities behind it. We did it with Mueller early mm-hmm. on and mm-hmm. said, where's the crime? Right. Where's the crime? Where's the evidence? Where's the connection of dots? Right. When we look at at uh, the Biden situation, obviously, from the facts we know already, there was influence peddling. Mm-hmm. And so you could look at it and say, okay, um, you know, politically, could you impeach for that? Well, yeah, they did it. They, they uh, you know, they went after Trump mm-hmm. for things. Trump was the first impeachment that was not for actual law breaking. Right. There was no law breaking. Right. Uh, at all. There was no law breaking that they could find. Otherwise, he would have been charged with something. There was no law breaking in either impeachment. And that really set the precedent because even with uh, uh, even with uh, 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 Clinton, it was the fact that he lied to a grand jury. Mm-hmm. And nobody debated the fact that he lied to a grand jury. That wasn't right. even up for debate. They didn't right. debate that. Right. And and so and you might have said, well, yeah, but it was a small it was something small. And it's it's just as remember back then. Well, it's in a sexual harassment crime and you should be able to lie. <laughs> I'll never forget. I actually got calls from Democrats saying you should be able to lie in a sexual harassment suit. Yeah. And yeah. but but you may look at that and say, OK, it doesn't reach a level of impeachment. Mm hmm. You know, he was he was punished legally, uh, you know, uh, uh, for that in, you know, with the, with the, the bar and all that mm-hmm. for for a while. So you say, OK, that was the punishment for something, uh, you know, something like that. And then you would ask the question, yeah, but what would happen to us as a normal citizen? But our presidents or ex-presidents treated like normal citizens most of the time, no and especially on smaller crimes. Right. But one of the reasons is you don't want to be viewed as a banana republic. You don't want to be viewed as the party in power goes after anybody who isn't in power anymore uh, for whatever political purposes and starts, as we see here, because it's just, when you read it, it's just legally, it's just bizarre. You're just like, what? So he's trying to take something... And say that uh, it's business fraud, which would be a misdemeanor, but up it to a felony by saying that the reason he did it was to break campaign finance laws. Mm -hmm. You see, uh, Turley also brought up the statute of limitations. So there may be a huge problem there. But you don't know because you don't know what the you don't know what the DA is going to relate to to try to keep it in. The statute of limitations. Well, no, that's you know, that's what it all comes back to is that we have to get back to whatever the charge is going to be. And everyone really is just, this is speculation based on sources, whether it's the New York Times or anybody else. And so we don't know. We have no idea. It says, he and, le- and we don't yeah. know the, uh, I guess, if it were, uh, you know, let's say everything is fairly, is accurate based on making uh entries and and claiming that they are uh a monthly payment just a, another monthly payment to your lawyer uh the retainer and the, i guess it would 
be based on the whatever last check in that regard was signed and and filed. I don't know. I mean, it's so bizarre to think about this. It's just it seems completely disorganized because it's such a reach. Here it is. The linkage to a federal offense is critical for another reason. Bragg's office ran out of time to prosecute this as a misdemeanor years Mm. ago. The statute of limitations is two years. Even if he shows this is a viable felony charge, the longer five-year limitation could be hard to establish. Right. Basically what I was yeah. just saying. Where, okay, yeah. where do you where do you establish that and where is that where did the clock start to run on that five years? So yeah. And the other thing is hmm. this is such a bizarre case that if you lead this, the, this was uh, even uh, brought up by, uh, I forgot it was Dershowitz or Turley, you know, they're both, you know, they they look and they say, you know, with the Mar-a-Lago, you know, case and, and everything else, he goes, now, because of what happened with Biden, he said, but they're, you know, that case is a lot stronger. And he, and I, one of them said that even the, the case in Georgia is weak. But it's stronger than this case. But if you start out with this case that is so bogus, then everything is tainted all the way up the line. Yeah, right. And so you ask yourself, what is the intent? And Mm -hmm. that seemed to be one of the – it's funny because when these things happen, nobody really pays attention to the legalities of it. We all go for the intent and motivation. What's the political motivation behind it? Yeah, yeah, right. No, I mean, and, it, it's in, and that's the way it's written. Uh, basically, that's the entire discussion on both sides of it. Yeah. I mean, it's clear that this is politically motivated. For anybody on the right, we know that it is. And there's a long history now, established history by those on the left going after Trump and weaponizing everything from the FBI and the Department of Justice to uh, oppo research and... Uh, and weaponizing the opposition campaign, the Hillary campaign, and and everything else. So, gosh, the uh, the prosecutor here, Bragg, is is kind of late to the game. But he again is in that long line of gotchas. We finally got him. We finally got him. We finally got him. Remember when Cohen uh, and his office was raided? Uh, the the former personal attorney for Trump, his office was raided. And it was, I don't know, it went on for probably a couple of weeks. He's going to flip. He's going to flip. He's going to flip. Okay, what's he going to flip on? Yeah, we had said that. Yeah, I remember over and over again, we said, what is he going to flip on? And if this well, is what they came up with, if the answer to that question is these charges, and, and you know, assuming that it's accurate here, that, uh, you know, improper bookkeeping then holy cow, what a reach that is. But if it's the only thing they've got, which, it, by the way, it tells you it's the only thing they've got. Otherwise, Bragg would have had something much bigger in the pan with a grand jury. Then it tells you this is weak. Well, They're only and, doing this for political reasons, and, and, which, are, of course, is yeah. true. And the other thing is, even if you, even if it was legit by saying that we can up this to a felony because he was attempting to uh violate campaign finance laws mm-hmm. he's got the greatest excuse in the world i didn't want my wife to find out mm-hmm. now the problem there is trump has stated over and over again that he did nothing mm-hmm. 
that he never had an affair with mm-hmm. Stormy Daniels. Mm-hmm. Well, then that takes that excuse out. Mm-hmm. One thing this has hurt, though, for, for Trump is he cannot run this time stating that he hires the right people. <laughs> Remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. I'll hire the right people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's out the window. That's not, that's not the window. <laughs> but it will be interesting to see. I, I think there's one thing too that you know you look at it and and everybody over the weekend was breaking it down going okay look it's not going to be an arrest arrest they make the court <laughs> they make the case in the new york times a couple of times well typically the, the the suspect the person being arrested would be handcuffed but if it's not a violent crime then sometimes they can arrange where it's not the case Oh, Bragg would love to get him handcuffed. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Coming up following the top of uh, the hour, uh, the uh, possible indictment uh, and uh, arrest of uh, Donald Trump uh, and the political motivation behind it. We'll get to some of that uh, coming up because that seemed to even dominate. Again, I want to say this over and over again because I think this is the most important thing. Uh, you did not see Democrats articulate why it is a strong case. You hear things, you know, like uh, Mark Kelly was out there saying, no one is above the law. What's the law? Be specific on what law was broken and why. What are you trying mm-hmm. to tie in mm-hmm. one, you know, one to the other? And that's why you have people like Dershowitz and Turley that are liberal Democrats saying this is bogus yeah. because they're actually looking at the law yeah. and not the politics behind it. Right. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you wish if you can't listen live overnight. So the 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 politics of a possible Donald Trump uh, indictment and, uh, and, and arrest... Uh, one of the things was uh, the first thing Democrats coming out and saying Republicans aren't the party of law and order. Otherwise, they would want you to go after Trump, right? Because they claim yeah. this is a hypocrisy. They claim, uh, you know, they're the party of law and order. Well, Donna Brazile <laughs> on, on ABC uh, 
was uh, took it, you know, in general that, you know, that Republicans don't want to be tough, for example, on gun crimes and things like that. And uh, she got a little pushback from Chris Christie here yesterday on the Sunday morning news shows. Here's this little ditty. The party that continues to say that they are for law and order when it suits them. But it doesn't suit them when the crime is gun violence, when the crime is is, is seeing this country suffer from the kind of violence and crime across the board. I'm not going to stand up for that because let me tell you who doesn't enforce law and order when it comes to gun violence. I go into New York City every week. It is a danger zone to go into Manhattan because Alvin Bragg is running a revolving door and not prosecuting gun crime, not prosecuting violent criminals. And if he does, he lets them out within four hours of when they're arrested to commit more crimes. So let's not get into that argument because Alvin Bragg has failed miserably. And all of a sudden he wants to get but you do, on But you Trump. do have a Republican. There you go. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Do you know any Republican that does not want to get tough on gun crimes? No, no. In fact, I would say Bragg is the one on gun crimes who is softening. If you use a gun during the commission of a robbery and you right. don't commit a felony, then you won't be charged with a felony in that case, as long as you don't shoot anyone. Well, you know, that's a great point. He's trying to connect this a state crime to a federal crime mm-hmm. and and come up with this bizarre concept of a that of a of a felony yet he is the one that actually said and i believe he had to back off on it yeah he did he, he didn't he, did, he, 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 he didn't when, when, pursue when, it, when yeah. he when he actually said we're not going to charge somebody with a felony right if they use a gun in the commission of a crime but don't use it right as long as you don't commit any other felony and don't pull the trigger, we won't charge you with a felony. Do you know any Republican, any Republican that states that that would have that point of view? No. And from, from a from a pro Second Amendment point of view. Right. That, you know, because that's they you know, that that's where it would come from. Right. You know, yeah, Democrats yeah. would claim, no, you're not. I don't know any. I don't know any Republican who believes in the Second Amendment that believes that if someone commits a crime with a gun, that they shouldn't be charged with the felony. That seems to be owned by Bragg, who is a far-left Democrat. Exactly, yeah. Donna Brazile needs to look no further than, than Bragg if he had his way and didn't get the political pushback on that. That's exactly how he would have acted. He yes. would be soft on gun crimes in New York City. And so, you know, the, the political narrative was going, you know, uh, uh, back and forth. Well, they uh, they want to indict Trump because they, they believe he'll lose. Uh-huh. I believe what Democrats are thinking is simply this. If they indict Trump, he has a better chance of winning the primary and then he'll lose in the general election. Because you're never going to get independence. That that it may it may bolster a base of Republicans to vote for him, saying this is just a pure witch hunt. But in the general election, uh, independents won't care. No, and we talked about this last right. week. Yeah, they view this as uh, a a sh- uh, short term political loss, uh, which means well, uh, excuse me, a political win. For Trump, right? Yeah. Uh, if he is indicted, they believe oh he'll have a short term political win, but then he'll lose the general election because independents will never vote for him. You know, we talked about this last week. 
with Trump saying you need to promote everything you need to promote is the things that you did. Don't be don't be isolating people. Don't be saying we don't want this vote or we don't want that vote because you can't win with just Republicans. That's the right. that is the reality. That's what we're that's why Republicans who even support Trump some of them are moving towards DeSantis because they're like well, Trump's not electable. Right. You know, he's not trying and they look at DeSantis and they go, he got independence, he got Democrats. That's and he still promotes the things that we believe in. And so that's the uh, you know, that's why we would choose him even though they like Trump. It's like can he win? Mhm. And no, and I and I'm with you. I think that uh the goal here is to all right, he gets this, you know, massive boost that carries him through the primary, but in the general, independents don't show up for him. And and that could well be the case uh and you look at Bragg and his actions and and you know and and going after him on something that's empty. Think about this. I mean, if an indictment comes down, there's no telling how long it could go on. Well, I think the that's case. that's why I think that's why you had universal uh condemnation mm-hmm. uh or disagreement, whatever whatever you know, whatever level you want to put it on with Trump when he said protest, protest, protest. Right. And I mean Marjorie Taylor Greene that said, No, don't protest. Right. Because they view that and they say if there's a protest, it breaks out into a fight and Trump wins the primary, he'll lose the general election. Yeah. Exactly. Even people like Marjorie Taylor Greene believe that. Right. From the Republican Party that it doesn't matter if you win, you know, that if it doesn't matter if you win the primary, if you lose a general election, you're done. Right. But, you know, that's I think that's almost universal. You know, I don't know where the long term advantage is for Trump if he is indicted as unfair and ridiculous as it's been. And I look, I understand his anger completely. Mm-hmm. Remember. This is a president that was set up by the other party. And that's really the thing that has to burn. Hillary, you know, if if Bragg wants to do this loopy uh, criminal theory, well, Hillary already did it and nobody thought about it. And mm-hmm. Trump's got to look at that and go, my God, she actually did that. She violated campaign finance law. She defrauded in a business transaction, the campaign, with Perkins Coie, Mm -hmm. because that's what they're claiming I did. And she did it to make up lies that was the dossier that actually was able to get a a FISA warrant based on lies that said Trump colluded with the Russians. And the only campaign that colluded with the Russians was a Hillary campaign. By the way, I was glad to see that Jonathan Turley over the weekend pointed that out Mm -hmm. you don't hear it articulated like we've been articulating that much Mm -hmm. but when turley came out he goes okay the understanding is there the hillary campaign set up donald trump and they broke campaign finance laws to do it yeah and they created and financed lies that they actually sold to law enforcement lies that even the fbi one was uh klein knew about Mm -hmm. klein smith is that his name? Yeah. I think it was that. Yeah. yeah. And and uh you know and and lied about, you know, on on the uh, the FISA application. Mm-hmm. They knew. They actually yeah. knew, but they created and that thing went on for 3 years and Democrats knew it was bogus. And they knew that right. Hillary Hillary was the one that did it. That still has not been broadcast wide enough and consistent enough from the Republican Party, but they may look at it and go if you start bringing that up again it doesn't do us any good for the future. But the fact is, 
that has to be known in in throughout history it will go down as one of the 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 biggest political dirty tricks in american presidential politics ever yeah it will and uh you know it if you see this come down from Bragg or the the um the indictment come down expect this case to be played out over and over and over again and the liberal media will play it to to no end this is a very serious you're going to hear this over and over well it is a serious some are saying it's not a serious charge but it's a serious charge and here's why you know uh with the sussman trial yeah we we know he broke the law but there are other laws (laughs) that are worse than this so yeah no he's he's good um this is the um and that being the the uh for those that don't know one of the lawyers at at uh, Perkins Coie uh for Hillary Clinton and those are the things though that you look at you can compare side by side and see very easily that and I think this is the longer you know effect of all this is that imagine okay that the that the indictment does come down i think actually the the indictment will come down and most of the experts or analysts over the weekend said that mccarthy kevin mccarthy said he believes it's going to be early uh you know he wrote this on friday he wrote that he believed it would be early this week just because of the schedule of the grand jury and the fact that one of the last things they do if not the last thing is to uh, invite the target essentially to testify and they invited trump to testify and so he believed it was imminent that it was it's going to be a matter of days it won't be an arrest but it will be you know there will be things that come down and we'll see if that happens this week well imagine that plays out um and you know you you see this and it plays out the exact way they want it to that he gets the nomination and he loses the general, and then they win. Joe Biden wins they, a yeah. second term, yeah. and then what? Because we looked at it from a number of of uh, perspectives, but look at the fallout from the Twitter files. Look at the fallout of what we have learned about how the left will act. They may have this short term win. But what does it mean? It means the guy that the majority of their party doesn't want to run again is going to win. Is that a victory for their party? Is that a victory for this nation? Absolutely not. And the majority of Democrats know it. The majority of Democrats don't want him to run again. And if this turns out that he does run again and he wins as a result of Bragg and this move, it could be a long-term catastrophe for the left. 86690-RED-EYE. Least owner-operators should be aware of four common revenue myths, lest you fall into the trap of mistaking revenue for profit. Myth one, concentrate on increasing revenue because costs will take care of themselves. This is not true, as costs are fundamental to the profit equation and the area where owners exert the most control to improve. Myth two, more revenue per mile is the answer to all problems. 
though carrier pay packages differ in structure, revenue per mile really doesn't change much from company to company. But there can be a big difference in miles, overall gross revenue, reimbursements, and fees. Myth 3. All you have to do to be successful is run a lot of miles. In reality, revenue is only half of the profit equation. Costs are the other half. It's possible to generate a lot of revenue, yet spend a dollar ten to make every dollar. Myth 4. You can tell how well you're doing by the size of your settlement check. The settlement check is only a part of the success picture. Miles driven, loads hauled, conditions, mechanical problems, time off, and especially costs all have to be considered. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. So uh, if if what the legal experts believe uh, is the direction that Bragg is going, it's really not going to go anywhere because once you get to the legal analysis of this, even on CNN and MSNBC, you're going to get people, legal experts, go down and say this is a weak case. But it's the political portion of it mm-hmm. that – the Democrats try to take advantage of, which is screaming, well, no one's above the law. No one's mm-hmm. above the law. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, the Republicans really aren't is, aren't tough on crime when it's one of their own. Precisely tell us. That's a standard we've had here on Red Eye for the longest time. You go back to Hillary Clinton and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and her computer, her server in her office. We went specifically right to the law. Yeah. Every right. that's what we do here because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that matters was a law broken. Right. The politics of it will explain to you the politics of it as we just did now. But what it gets down to is what is the law and the left doesn't want to touch that. And we've done the exact same thing on influence peddling in the Biden family. We've gone through and say what are the possible laws you know that have been that have been broken. There could be wire fraud or right. tax fraud or something. Right. But ultimately, uh, the political influence. Uh, the greatest concern is that the current president is compromised. Right. I mean that would and and, and that can be that can be a, a political charge mm-hmm. uh, or a criminal charge if you took a bribe. Yeah. If it was right. if, if there you, was a quid pro quo. Right. But we haven't said what any criminal charges because we're not there yet. Right. We know the influence peddling. Mm-hmm. We know that exists. And I believe to the point of where it is now, the cries for impeachment politically are are not as loud when Donald Trump did something way less than the possible, the influence, but not the possible, but the influence peddling, the possibles, whether it's criminal or not. Mm-hmm. But we know the Biden family enriched itself through Joe Biden being president because Hunter Biden, Jim Biden, Haley Biden, none of those people had anything to offer in a business transaction with Russia. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the, now with the, uh, you know, that, you know, Comer talking about that over the weekend, too. Mm. Not just China, it's Russia. Right. How come the oligarchs had donated to Biden 
that 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 the family was enriched by. How come they haven't been sanctioned when almost every other oligarch has? These are the questions that people look at, and even CNN over the weekend. Uh, we'll have that audio cut coming up. It was brought up, well, this looks bad. Of course it does. Yeah, sure. Looks really bad. Yeah. Ask people what Trump did. Right. Ask the average person, why is the DA, what did Trump do? Why do you think the DA is going after him? I bet you the vast majority of America cannot tell you. Right. But if you say, what's this thing with the money in Biden? Well, it's influence peddling. People understand that. Why Mm -hmm. did he get money? Why so many anonymous donations from the Chinese? You know, why? You know, what service was his family providing to all these industries tied to autocratic governments? What were they offering? What were they performing? Right. You know, we heard uh, early on when this all came out, well, uh, Trump used his family name. They're using their family name. Mm-hmm. Well, Trump's family name is for the business that they're involved in. Yeah. You you know Trump's right. name because of his business Businesses. first. Right. There is no business that the Bidens are involved in. What right. is it? Right. Well, you know, think about that. You know Biden's name because of his service first, his, his public right. service. You know Trump's name because of his corporations first. Right. And so when it comes down to the seriousness of the offense and how it affects Americans in general, they look at the Trump thing and with Stormy Daniels go, okay, I hate Trump. It's something to get him on. But it's not serious. Right. Not a serious offense at all. Right. You look at Biden influence peddling, taking hundreds of millions of dollars to enrich his family and his organizations. For what? What did they offer back to China, Russia, Ukraine, any of these companies? Mm-hmm. What were they, what was the product? What was the business transaction? Right. Or did they just say, we love the Bidens, let's give them millions upon millions of dollars? Yes. Well, not one American buys that. We want to inspire Hunter's paintings. Artistry. Artistry. (laughs) I was going to say paintings. His artistry, his artistic endeavors. We want to be the first... Um, those. <laughs> oh, that's really good. That's a well. That's that's a great pet. That, that's a crack painting you have there. Yeah, really good. yeah, man, like man, you you did a crack job on that. <laughs> Way to go, Hunter. <laughs> What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. You're a threat to democracy if you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Before we go any further, if you could find that that uh, piece in the New York Times oh, relating, yeah, relating to the president, or excuse me, the, 
the uh, the former president uh, uh, Trump going to Waco for a rally on Saturday because that is just classic. And and if you decide to extrapolate that mentality out, you can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And and this is where the uh, the the president apparently announced he's going to be in Waco, right? Yeah. yeah so right. so here it is, and and um, I I read this piece because. Uh, it was Kevin McCarthy over uh, Kevin McCarthy. It was um, uh, Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> I don't think they're related uh, over at National Review that wrote about how there are. And we thought that kind of funny uh, that that uh, that the New York Times has excellent sources in Bragg's office. You both right. we both chuckled and <laughs> Uh, and and Trump world as well, because Trump has been a source, uh, in fact, frequently for Maggie Haberman, who was the lead reporter on uh, the article that that uh, that that McCarthy linked to from National Review. And so I jumped over to New York Times. And one, <laughs> one of the things that that stood out, I mean, there's a lot of things we we always pick it apart. But this is one that stood out this one, uh, this one paragraph. On Friday evening, Mr. Trump's campaign announced what could be his first rally after an indictment, an event in Waco, Texas, where deadly clashes between federal officials and an extremist religious sect occurred 30 (laughs) years ago around this time. The hell does that have I mean, to do with anything? And you and I just started having fun with that, saying <laughs> Donald Trump is going to be visiting Dallas, Texas, where the only Democratic president was assassinated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I, and, and, I mean, it, it just it, it's. <laughs> I he'll be touring all over the United States, <laughs> the same country whose legislators. Twice impeached him. What? It's like, I mean, they're trying to relate something. And, and then Donald Trump visiting Illinois, where he doesn't have much of a chance to win, but also where Abraham Lincoln uh, <laughs> uh, came from, the only, well, the, the, the Republican president mm-hmm. who was assassinated mm-hmm. because of his non-slavery beliefs. And that's really interesting uh, due to the fact that Donald Trump is a racist, yeah, it's like you know how far how far are they going to go? I mean, with it's, this, <laughs> it, it's it, 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 they really do jump through hoops to write it. If you I, take the fat out of this article here, the Saturday article from the New York Times, and and Haberman being the the lead uh, reporter on that, there's a few others that are that are on it. If you if you take the fat out of it. It gets down to a couple of paragraphs, maybe. And they didn't even break down the charges. It was actually another New York Times article on Sunday afternoon that did that, that said, okay, dissecting the charges. And then, you know, it was earlier in the show, we uh, broke that down for you, what the, what the actual charges of, of what they would be looking at. And then, again, our question is, okay, but exactly where did he break where are you saying he broke these laws? What was what were right, the right. actions? Right. The actions of the individual that led to that, and and that's where you get into whatever evidence or testimony evidence was seen 
or testimony was heard uh, during the whole grand jury thing. And that's not over just yet. There, In fact, word came out over the weekend that there's still one witness they want to talk to um, other than Trump. They did invite Trump. Um, but if, you know, that could delay things because uh, if that person does show up and testifies to the grand jury, then they would not uh, hand down any recommendation or any indictment until after that, of course. So we'll see where that goes. But, but you know, the coverage was just crazy. Everything that jumped off of his uh, Truth Social post on Saturday morning, you know, was just, it was total bat soup all weekend. Total bat soup. And, you know... Or a cluster. Yeah, or a cluster. (laughs) And I just, over and over and over again, you know, I think, all right, I always, you and I always carry it through. All right, to what end? If this works the way that Bragg intends, then they're going to have a guy, their their guy, their, remember, nope, he's the guy. Even the governor of California is admitting he's not going to step in and try and challenge Biden during a primary. But the majority of Democrats don't want him to run again. And if Bragg has his way, not only will he be running again, then he will win a second term. But that's what Democrats believe. They believe it increases Trump's chance of winning yep. the primary and increases his chance of losing exactly. uh, in the in the general. Because so they, it, if by design Bragg right. has his way, then Biden that's wins. then Biden right. wins a second term right. uh, leader of a party that doesn't want him to even run for a second term. That's the end. That that's that's the that's the. Uh, but you got Trump. Oh man, we got Trump. Yeah, did you? But what did you? What did you actually accomplish? What did you actually get done? A Republican isn't in the executive branch. Uh, well, that's yeah, huge. But, but more so, the guy that you don't, whose constituents, the majority of which don't voters don't want him to yeah, run. Yeah, but they but the Democrats did not say they would rather have uh Donald or Ron DeSantis as I, president. I I know that. Right. So that that's what they get. They get no Republican in, so it's a I, victory I, for them. I understand how that works. Right. But you still get Biden for four more years. And what's the effect of that? Oh you, my gosh. If Biden were to get elected again and got a second term there's no telling how bad it could be by the no, end of his it, second it, it term it could be bad but i think they look at it i think democrats look at it as he still controls the justice department at that point and that i think is the the one thing because that when you look at the politicalization if you want to know where the weaponization of the the party or of the government comes from it's the Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. It's the Department of Justice and our intelligence agencies, but really, it's the Department of Justice and the uh, the and the filth in the FBI in the leadership and and that's they they don't want that to be they want that not to be dissected for years to come. And if you know if Biden can win again, then they have control of that. 
from now till then, which is another six years. And they have the further behavior of said organizations within the government and Department of Justice, which further erodes their chances long term. And that's the whole point. Oh yeah, it may it may further it, erode long it, long term, and but that's they don't. My care. whole point: right. it hurts it hurts them long term well, because only more damage could be done in heading in that well, direction. Well, all of everything from economic to what they wish to do with the mm-hmm. government mm-hmm. hurts the people. The Democratic Party, if you look at where they stand on the issues, everything hurts the American people, oh, yeah. short term or long term. But they're in politics. All they care about. Look, they would be promoting the issues, the party that they believe. Mm-hmm. And if it hurts America, they don't care. You know, there's a, the one story of the the uh, the uh, the one San Francisco supervisor. We have to fund the police. This is horrible. What's going on? She was for defunding the police and admitted it. Yeah. Well, you're an idiot. Right. right. So, I mean, they are for policies that are destructive and the party itself doesn't care. They just want the political victory. No, I, I understand yeah. that. But they but here's the problem is that even their short term victory takes away their long term victory because of the further damage that's and it's right. going to be accelerated to no right. end. And and that's the problem but that, I, that they but, have as a party. But that's what they want. They believe chaos is a successful our our, our standards or our ideas of what is successful mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. is different. From them. Well, no, that's not the point I'm making. Yeah. The point I'm making is that long-term Democrats know that this damage, they see this damage being oh, oh, done. Oh, you mean the Democratic voter? Yes. yes. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, okay. where I started yeah. and okay. have been on okay. all okay. along. Okay. Yes. Are they make they, a party? No. They see that as, yeah. oh, my gosh, it's becoming more and more radical, which it will. But look at the polls. Polls haven't moved much at all. Look at the polls, the long-term polls for Biden. You don't see a major abandonment of the Democratic voter from the Democratic Party yet as radical as they've been. You still don't. It may be there, but you don't see it yet. Now, what DeSantis did in Florida may may show that if you have a good communicator as a Republican, that you can. that's what you need to convince the public to vote for conservative ideas. But the fact is, when you look at the polling right now, the Democratic voter hasn't moved away. But 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 long think, term, will they? Think, yes. Well, I think they about will. inflation going all the way through twenty twenty eight. Think about a broken border all the way through twenty twenty eight. I hope. Got, I hope. Well, what happened at the end of Carter and Carter only got one term. Yeah. It ushered in a years-long reign by Republicans, if it's the right Republican, in a change of directions. Even even in 92, when Clinton won, the class of 94 came back Republican, and mm-hmm. it was a very different tone. Well, here's, you know, you, you I, I got to get to the article that showed now they're saying DeSantis is worse than Trump. So it doesn't matter. You know, you've, you've oh, seen. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's that, going to be that, the, that's always going to be right. the case, I think. Well, and, you know, he's, he's only there because Trump put him there. Look, this is the party Trump built, blah, 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 Trump. Right. It's Trump, Trump, Trump. Now, yeah. but as we stated before, Trump on the actual issues is a moderate. Mm-hmm. There isn't anything radical that Trump believes. Right. Would Trump want to do with it? There's nothing out, and I say radical outside with the Democratic Party or the Republican Party 
have talked about in the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. Because some of his issues, the Democrat Party embraced, you know, the the protectionist uh, of policies. That was a Democrat issue 20 years ago. And that's my point. But none of them, none of them are viewed as radical from the Democrat or Republican Party across the board. It's his personality. Oh, yeah. Always has been. It's always been the personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's his words. Yep. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I want to make this clear. When I say what Democrats, you know, why Democrats believe that going after Trump is a good thing because they believe that Trump will win the primary and then win the general election, that's not me stating what I think is going to happen. I'm just telling you what they think. Mm -hmm. What I think is, I don't know, there's too many variables. Mm -hmm. One yeah. thing is the Republicans are going to be pounding. You can look at Trump and you can say, eh, you know, whatever. You like him, you hate him, whatever. Mm. It'll be interesting to see what happens if DeSantis decides to get in. There will be people that will say, you know something, I like DeSantis. He may not be powerful, but he seems to get the job done. And he he defends the principles that most people in America agrees with. And he seems pretty normal. Yeah. Where Biden is just off on one end. And Trump is off on the other end. You will have independents that will think that and Republicans uh, that will think that. But what we can't discount is the fact of what we see right now, especially with possible, you know, with the possible criminal wrongdoing with influence peddling, wherever that may lead. But that's very damaging. Americans, yeah. I don't care who you are. Mm. I bet you you can find there aren't many things that poll over 90 percent. But if you polled Americans saying, should a vice president and his family, because this happened when he started as vice president, and, and you know, should the family be involved in collecting hundreds of millions of dollars to enrich the family that come from entities tied to the Chinese Communist Party and to Russia? I'm going to guess that would be one of the few things that would get over 90% approval that people are against that. Yeah, they would be against that. Yeah. And even though the Democrats would know that question, probably you'd get 60 or 70 percent of Democrats say, no, that can't be, you know, if they knew it was targeted towards, you know, Biden in that case, because obviously it uh, it would be. I don't know. You know, we don't know where this is going, but all we know is everything that's happening on this. You know, Democrats were looking. They were pounding on the Trump thing this weekend. They don't want to touch the Biden thing. No. They own everybody no. in the media knows that is so damaging, and that could be his downfall. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, it you could know. be Trump against Harris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll see. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.
now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you wish if you can't listen live overnight. So the 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 politics of a possible Donald Trump uh, indictment and uh, and and arrest. Uh, one of the things was the uh, the first thing Democrats coming out and saying Republicans aren't the party of law and order. Otherwise, they would want you to go after Trump, right? Because they claim yeah. this is a hypocrisy. They claim uh, you know they're the party of law and order. Well, Donna Brazil <laughs> on, on ABC. Uh-huh. was uh took it you know in general that you know that republicans don't want to be tough for example on gun crimes and things like that and uh, she got a little pushback from chris christie here yesterday on the sunday morning news shows here's this little ditty the party that continues to say that they are for law and order when it suits them but it doesn't suit them when the crime is gun violence when the crime is 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 seeing this country suffer from the kind of violence and crime across the board i'm not going to stand up for that because let me tell you who doesn't enforce law and order when it comes to gun violence i go into new york city every week it is a danger zone to go into Manhattan because Alvin Bragg is running a revolving door and not prosecuting gun crime, not prosecuting violent criminals. And if he does, he lets them out within four hours of when they're arrested to commit more crimes. So let's not get into that argument because Alvin Bragg has failed miserably. And all of a sudden he wants to get but you do, But you Trump. do have a Republican. There you go. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Do you know any Republican that does not want to get tough on gun crimes? No, no. In fact, I would say Bragg is the one on gun crimes who is softening. If you use a gun during the commission of a robbery and you right. don't commit a felony, then you won't be charged with a felony in that case, as long as you don't shoot anyone. Well, you know, that's a great point. He's trying to connect this a state crime to a federal crime mm-hmm. and and come up with this bizarre concept of a that of a of a felony yet he is the one that actually said and i believe he had to back off on it yeah he did he, he had didn't, he, 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 back off. he didn't when, pursue when, when, it, when yeah. he act, when he actually said we're not going to charge somebody with a felony right if they use a gun in the commission of a crime but don't use it right as long as you don't commit any other felony and don't pull the trigger, we won't charge you with a felony. Do you know any Republican, any Republican that states that that would have that point of view? No. And from, from a from a pro Second Amendment point of view. Right. That, you know, because that's they you know, that that's where it would come from. Right. You know, yeah, Democrats yeah. would claim, no, you're not. Doing it. Well, I don't know any. I don't know any Republican who believes in the Second Amendment that believes that if someone commits a crime with a gun, that they shouldn't be charged with the felony. That seems to be owned by Bragg, who is a far-left Democrat. Exactly, yeah. Donna Brazile needs to look no further than, than Bragg if he had his way and didn't get the political pushback on that. That's exactly how he would have acted. He yes. would be soft on gun crimes 
in New York City. And so, you know, the, the political narrative was going, you know, uh, uh, back and forth. Well, they uh, they want to indict Trump because they, they believe he'll lose. Uh-huh. I believe what Democrats are thinking is simply this. If they indict Trump, he has a better chance of winning the primary and then he'll lose in the general election. Because you're never going to get independence. That that it may it may bolster a base of Republicans to vote for him, saying this is just a pure witch hunt. But in the general election, uh, independents won't care. No, Indep- I, I, yeah, in, yeah, in, in, right. and we talked about this last right. week. Yeah, they view this as uh, a a sh- uh, short term political loss, uh, which means well, uh, excuse me, a political win. For Trump, right, yeah. Uh, if he is indicted, they believe oh he'll have a short term political win, but then he'll lose the general election because independents will never vote for him. You know, we talked about this last week with Trump saying you need to promote everything you need to promote is the things that you did. Don't be don't be isolating people. Don't be saying we don't want this vote or we don't want that vote because you can't win with just Republicans. That's the right. that is the reality. That's what we're, that's why Republicans who even support Trump. Some of them are moving towards DeSantis because they're like, well, Trump's not electable. Right. You know, he's not trying. And they look at DeSantis and they go, he got independence, he got Democrats. That's And he still promotes the things that we believe in. And so that's the, uh, you know, that's why we would choose him. Even though they like Trump, it's like, can he win? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, no, and, I, and I'm with you. I think that uh, the goal here is to, all right, he gets this, you know, massive boost that carries him through the primary, but in the general, independents don't show up for him. And and that could well be the case. Uh, and you look at Bragg and his actions and, and you know, and, and going after him on something that's empty. Think about this. I mean, if an indictment comes down, there's no telling how long it could go on. Well, I think that's, that's, I think that's why you had universal uh, condemnation mm-hmm. uh, or disagreement, whatever, whatever you know, whatever level you want to put it on with Trump when he said protest, protest, protest. Right. And I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene that said, no, don't protest. Right. Because they view that and they say if there's a protest, it breaks out into a fight and Trump wins the primary, he'll lose the general election. Yeah, exactly. Even people like Marjorie Taylor Greene believe that. Right. From the Republican Party that it doesn't matter if you win, you know, that if it doesn't matter if you win the primary, if you lose a general election, you're done. Right. But, you know... That's, I think that's almost universal. You know, I don't know where the long-term advantage is for Trump if he is indicted. As unfair and ridiculous as it's been. And I look, I understand his anger completely. Mm -hmm. Remember, this is a president that was set up by the other party. And that's really the thing that has to burn. Hillary, you know, if, if Bragg wants to do this, loopy uh criminal theory well hillary already did it and nobody thought about it and Mm -hmm. trump's got to look at that and go my god she actually did that she violated campaign finance law she defrauded in a business transaction the campaign with perkins cooey Mm -hmm. because that's what they're claiming i did and she did it to make up lies that was the dossier that actually was able to get a a FISA warrant based on lies that tra- said Trump colluded with the Russians, and the only campaign that colluded with the Russians was a Hillary campaign. By the way, I was glad to see that Jonathan Turley over the weekend 
pointed that out. Mm-hmm. You don't hear it articulated like we've been articulating that much. Mm-hmm. But when Turley came out, he goes, okay, the understanding is there. The Hillary campaign set up Donald Trump, and they broke campaign finance laws to do it. Yeah. And they created and financed lies that they actually sold to law enforcement, lies that even the FBI one was uh, Klein knew about. Mm-hmm. Klein Smith? Is that his name? Yeah. I think it was that. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, you know, and and lied about, you know, on, on the, uh, the FISA application. Mm-hmm. They knew. They actually yeah. knew. But they created, and that thing went on for three years, and Democrats knew it was bogus. And they knew that right. Hillary... Hillary was the one that did it. That still has not been broadcast wide enough and consistent enough from the Republican Party. But they may look at it and go, if you start bringing that up again, it doesn't do us any good for the future. But the fact is, that has to be known. And in, in, throughout history, it will go down as one of the, the, the biggest political dirty tricks in American presidential politics ever. Yeah, it will. And, uh, you know, it. if you see this come down from Bragg or the... The um, the indictment come down. Expect this case to be played out over and over and over again, and the liberal media will play it to to no end. This is a very serious. You're going to hear this over and over. Well, it is a serious. Some are saying it's not a serious charge, but it's a serious charge, and here's why. You know, uh, with the Sussman trial, yeah, we we know he broke the law, but there are other laws. <laughs> that are worse than this. So, yeah, no, he's he's good. Um, this is the, um, and that being the, the uh, for those that don't know, one of the lawyers at, at uh, Perkins Coie uh, for Hillary Clinton. And those are the things, though, that you look at. You can compare side by side and see very easily that, and I think this is the longer, you know, effect of all this. Is that imagine? Okay, that the that the indictment does come down. I think actually the, the indictment will come down, and most of the experts or analysts over the weekend said that McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, said he believes it's going to be early. Uh, you know, he wrote this on Friday. He wrote that he believed it would be early this week, just because of the schedule of the grand jury and the fact that one of the last things they do, if not the last thing is to uh, invite the target, essentially, to testify. And they invited Trump to testify. And so he believed it was imminent that it was it's going to be a matter of days. It won't be an arrest, but it will be, you know, there will be things that come down, and we'll see if that happens this week. Well, imagine that plays out. Um, and... You know, you, you see this and it plays out the exact way they want it to. That he gets the nomination and he loses the general. And then they win. Joe Biden wins they, a yeah. second term. Yeah. And then what? Because we looked at it from a number of, of uh, perspectives. But look at the fallout from the Twitter files. Look at the fallout of what we have learned about how the left will act. They may have this short-term win, but what does it mean? It means the guy that the majority of their party doesn't want to run again is going to win. 
Is that a victory for their party? Is that a victory for this nation? Absolutely not. And the majority of Democrats know it. The majority of Democrats don't want him to run again. And if this turns out that he does run again and he wins as a result of Bragg and this move, it could be a long-term catastrophe for the left. 86690 Red Eye. Least owner operators should be aware of four common revenue myths, lest you fall into the trap of mistaking revenue for profit. Myth one, concentrate on increasing revenue because costs will take care of themselves. This is not true, as costs are fundamental to the profit equation and the area where owners exert the most control to improve. Myth two, more revenue per mile is the answer to all problems. Though carrier pay packages differ in structure, revenue per mile really doesn't change much from company to company. But there can be a big difference in miles, overall gross revenue, reimbursements, and fees. Myth three, all you have to do to be successful is run a lot of miles. In reality, revenue is only half of the profit equation. Costs are the other half. It's possible to generate a lot of revenue, yet spend a dollar ten to make every dollar. Myth four, you can tell how well you're doing by the size of your settlement check. The settlement check is only a part of the success picture. Miles driven, loads hauled, conditions, mechanical problems, time off, and especially costs all have to be considered. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. So, um, if, if what the legal experts believe uh, is the direction that Bragg is going, it's really not going to go anywhere. Because once you get to the legal analysis of this, even on CNN and MSNBC, you're going to get people, legal experts, come out and say, this is a weak case. But it's the political portion of it that. Mm. The Democrats try to take advantage of, which is screaming, "Well, oh, no one's above the law. No one's mm-hmm. above the law. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, the Republicans really aren't is, aren't tough on crime when it's one of their own. Precisely tell us. That's a standard we've had here on Red Eye for the longest time. You go back to Hillary Clinton and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and her computer, her server in her office. We went specifically right to the law. Yeah. Every right. that's what we do here because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that matters was a law broken. Right. The politics of it will explain to you the politics of it as we just did now. But what it gets down to is what is the law and the left doesn't want to touch that. And we've done the exact same thing on influence peddling in the Biden family. We've gone through and say what are the possible laws you know, that have been that have been broken. There could be wire fraud or right. tax fraud or something. Right. But ultimately, uh, the political influence, uh, the greatest concern is that the current president is compromised. Right. I mean, that would and, and, and that can be that can be a, a political charge mm-hmm. uh, or a criminal charge if you took a bribe. Yeah, if it was right. if, if there you, was a quid pro quo. Right. But we haven't said what any criminal charges because we're not there yet. Right. We know the influence peddling. Mm-hmm. We know that exists. 
And I believe to the point of where it is now, the cries for impeachment politically are are not as loud when Donald Trump did something way less than the possible, the influence, but not the possible, but the influence peddling. The possible is whether it's criminal or not. But we know the Biden family enriched itself through Joe Biden being president because Hunter Biden, Jim Biden, Haley Biden, none of those people had anything to offer in a business transaction with Russia. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the, now with the, uh, you know, that, you know, Comer talking about that over the weekend, too. Mm. Not just China, it's Russia. Right. How come the oligarchs had donated to Biden that, that, that the family was enriched by? How come they haven't been sanctioned when almost every other oligarch has? These are the questions that people look at, and even CNN over the weekend. Uh, we'll have that audio cut coming up. It was brought up, well, this looks bad. Of course it does. Yeah, sure. Looks really bad. Yeah. Ask people what Trump did. Right. Ask the average person, why is the DA, what did Trump do? Why do you think the DA is going after him? I bet you the vast majority of America cannot tell you. Right. But if you say, what's this thing with the money in Biden? Well, it's influence peddling. People understand that. Why Mm -hmm. did he get money? Why so many anonymous donations from the Chinese? You know, why? You know, what service was his family providing to all these industries tied to autocratic governments? What were they offering? What were they performing? Right. You know, we heard uh, early on when this all came out, well, uh, Trump used his family name. They're using their family name. Mm -hmm. Well, Trump's family name is for the business that they're involved in. Yeah. You you know Trump's name because of his business Business first. Right. There is no business that the Bidens are involved in. What is it? Right. Think about that. You know Biden's name because of his service first, his his public service. You know Trump's name because of his corporations first. Right. And so when it comes down to the seriousness of the offense and how it affects Americans in general, they look at the Trump thing and Stormy Daniels go, okay, I hate Trump. It's something to get him on. But it's not serious. Right. Not a serious offense at all. Right. You look at Biden influence peddling, taking hundreds of millions of dollars to enrich his family and his organizations. For what? What did they offer back to China, Russia, Ukraine, any of these companies? Mm -hmm. What were they? What was the product? What was the business transaction? Or did they just say, we love the Bidens. Let's give them millions upon millions of dollars. Yes. Well, not one American buys that. We want to inspire Hunter's paintings. Artistry. Artistry. <laughs> I was going to say paintings. His artistry, his artistic endeavors. We want to be the first. Um, those. <laughs> oh, that's really good. That's a, well, that's that's a great pa- that, That's a crack painting you have there. Yeah, really good. yeah man. Like man, you, you did a crack job on that. <laughs> Way to go, Hunter. <laughs>
You're a threat to democracy if you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Before we go any further, if you could find that that uh, piece in the New York Times oh, relating, yeah, yeah. relating to the president, or excuse me, the, the, uh, the former president, uh, uh, Trump, going to Waco for a rally on Saturday, because that is just classic... And and if you decide to extrapolate that mentality out, you can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And and this is where the uh, the the president apparently announced he's going to be in Waco, right? Yeah. Okay, so right. so here it is, and and um, I I read this piece because uh, it was Kevin McCarthy over uh, Kevin McCarthy. It was um, uh, Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> I don't think they're related. Uh, over at National Review that wrote about how there are, and we thought that kind of funny, uh, that, that, uh, that the New York Times has excellent sources in Bragg's office. You both, right. we both chuckled and, <laughs> uh, and, and Trump world as well, because Trump has been a source, uh, in fact, frequently for Maggie Haberman, who was the lead reporter on uh the article that that uh that that McCarthy linked to from National Review and so I jumped over to New York Times and one, <laughs> one of the things that that stood out I mean there's a lot of things we we always pick it apart but this is one that stood out this one uh this one paragraph on Friday evening Mr. Trump's campaign announced what could be his first rally after an indictment an event in Waco, Texas, where deadly clashes between federal officials and an extremist religious sect occurred 30 <laughs> years ago around this time. The hell does that have I mean, to do with anything? And you and I just started having fun with that, saying <laughs> Donald Trump is going to be visiting Dallas, Texas, where the only Democratic president was assassinated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, 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 I mean, it, it just, it, it's, <laughs> I, he'll be touring all over the United States, the same country whose legislators twice impeached him. What? It's like, I mean, they're trying to relate something. And, and then the, Donald Trump visiting Illinois, where he doesn't have much of a chance to win, but also where Abraham Lincoln uh, <laughs> uh, came from, the only, well, the the, the Republican president mm-hmm. who was assassinated mm-hmm. because of his non-slavery beliefs. And that's really interesting uh, due to the fact that Donald Trump is a racist. Yeah. It's like, you know, how far are, you, how far are they going to go I mean, with it's, this? <laughs> it's... It, 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 they really do jump through hoops to write it. If you take the fat out of this article here, the Saturday article from the New York Times and, and Haberman being the, the lead uh, reporter on that, there's a few others that are, that are on it. If you, if you take the fat out of it, it gets down to a couple of paragraphs, maybe. And they didn't even break down the charges. It was actually another New York Times article on Sunday afternoon that did that, that said, okay, dissecting the charges. And then, you know, it was earlier in the show, we uh, broke that down for you, what the, what the actual charges of, of what they would be looking at. And then again, our question is, okay, but exactly where did he break 
where are you saying he broke these laws? What was what were right, the right. actions? Right. The actions of the individual that led to that, and and that's where you get into whatever evidence or testimony evidence was seen or testimony was heard uh, during the whole grand jury thing, and that's not over just yet. There, in fact, word came out over the weekend that there's still one witness they want to talk to. Um, other than Trump, they did invite Trump. Um, but if, you know, that could delay things because uh, if that person does show up and testifies to the grand jury, then they would not uh, hand down any recommendation or any indictment until after that, of course. So we'll see where that goes. But, but you know, the coverage was just crazy. Everything that jumped off of his uh, Truth Social post on Saturday morning, you know, was just it was total bat soup all weekend. Total bat soup. And, you know. Or a cluster. Yeah, or a cluster. <laughs> and I just, over and over and over again, you know, I think, all right, I always, you and I always carry it through. All right, to what end? If this works the way that Bragg intends then they're going to have a guy, their their guy, their, and remember, nope, he's the guy. Even the governor of California is admitting he's not going to step in and try and challenge Biden during a primary. But the majority of Democrats don't want him to run again. And if Bragg has his way, not only will he be running again, then he will win. A second term. But that's what Democrats believe. They believe it increases Trump's chance of winning yep. the primary and increases his chance of losing exactly. uh, in the in the general. Because so they, they, if by design Bragg right. has his way, then Biden wins, that's, then Biden right. wins a second term right. uh, leader of a party that doesn't want him to even run for a second term. That's the end. That that's that's the that's the. Uh, but you got Trump. Oh man, we got Trump. Yeah, did you? But what did you? What did you actually accomplish? What did you actually get done? A Republican isn't in the executive branch. Uh, well, that's yeah, huge. But, but more so, the guy that you don't, whose constituents, the majority of which don't voters don't want him to yeah, run but they but the democrats did not say they would rather have uh donald or ron DeSantis as I, president i i know that right so that that's what they get they get no republican in so it's a I, victory I, for them. I understand how that works right but you still get biden for four more years and what's the effect of that oh you, my gosh if biden were to get elected again and got a second term there's no telling how bad it could be by the no, end of it, his it, second it term. could be bad but i think they look at it i think democrats look at it as he still controls the justice department at that point and that i think is the the one thing because that when you look at the politicalization if you want to know where the weaponization of the the party or of the government comes from it's the Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. It's the Department of Justice and our intelligence agencies, but really, it's the Department of Justice and the uh, the and the filth and the FBI in the leadership and and that's 
they they don't want that to be they want that not to be dissected for years to come and if you know if biden can win again then they have control of that from now till then which is another six years and they have the further behavior of said organizations within the government and department of justice which further erodes their chances long term and that's the whole point Oh yeah, it may it may further it, erode long it, long term, but that's they don't. My care. whole point: right. it hurts it hurts them long term well, because only more damage could be done in heading in that well, direction. Well, all of everything from economic to what they wish to do with the mm-hmm. government mm-hmm. hurts the people. The Democratic Party, if you look at where they stand on the issues, everything hurts the American people. Oh yeah, short term or long term, but they're in politics. All they care about. Look, they would be promoting the issues, the party that they believe. Mm-hmm. And if it hurts America, they don't care. You know, there's a, the one story of the the uh, the uh, the one San Francisco supervisor. We have to fund the police. This is horrible. What's going on? She was for defunding the police and admitted it. Yeah. Well, you're an idiot. Right. right. So, I mean, they are for policies that are destructive and the party itself doesn't care. They just want the political victory. No, I, I understand yeah. that. But they, but here's the problem, is that even their short-term victory takes away their long-term victory because of the further damage that's, and it's right. going to be accelerated to no end. And, and that's the problem but that, I, that they have as a party. But that's what they want. They believe chaos is a successful, our, our, our standards or our ideas of what is successful, mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. is different from them. Well, no, that's not the point I'm making. Yeah. The point I'm making is that long-term Democrats know that this damage, they see this damage being oh, oh, done. Oh, you mean the Democratic voter? Yes. yes. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, where okay. I started yeah. and okay. have been on okay. all okay. along. Okay. Yes. Are they, they a party? No. They see that as, yeah. oh my gosh, it's becoming more and more radical, which it will. But look at the polls. Polls haven't moved much at all. Look at the polls, the long-term polls for Biden. You don't see a major abandonment of the Democratic voter from the Democratic Party yet as radical as they've been. You still don't. It may be there, but you don't see it yet. Now, what DeSantis did in Florida may may show that if you have a good communicator as a Republican, that you can. that's what you need to convince the public to vote for conservative ideas. But the fact is, when you look at the polling right now, the Democratic voter hasn't moved away. But 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 long think, term, will they? Think, yes. Well, I believe think they about will. inflation going all the way through twenty twenty eight. Think about a broken border all the way through twenty twenty eight. I got. I hope. Well, what happened at the end of Carter? And Carter only got one term. Yeah. It ushered in a years-long reign by Republicans, if it's the right Republican, in a change of directions. Even even in 92, when Clinton won, the class of 94 came back Republican, and mm-hmm. it was a very different tone. Well, here's, you know, you, you I, I got to get to the article that showed now they're saying DeSantis is worse than Trump. So it doesn't matter. You know, you've, you've oh, seen. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's the, going to be that, the, that's always going to be right. the case, I think. Oh. And, you know, he's, he's only there because Trump put him there. Look, this is the party Trump built, blah, 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 Trump. Right. It's Trump, Trump, Trump. Now, yeah. but as we stated before, Trump on the actual issues is a moderate. Mm-hmm. 
there isn't anything radical that Trump believes. Right. Would Trump want to do with it? There's nothing out, and I say radical, outside what the Democratic Party or the Republican Party have talked about in the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Because some of his issues, the Democrat Party embraced, you know, the, the protectionist of, of policies. That was a Democrat issue 20 years ago, and that's my point. But none of them, none of them are viewed as radical from the Democrat or Republican Party across the board. It's his personality. Oh, yeah. Always has been. It's always been the personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's his words. Yep. Eight six six ninety red eye Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I want to make this clear. When I say what Democrats, you know, why Democrats believe that going after Trump is a good thing because they believe that Trump will win the primary and then win the general election, that's not me stating what I think is going to happen. I'm just telling you what they think. Mm-hmm. What I think is, I don't know, there's too many variables. Mm-hmm. One yeah. thing is the Republicans are going to be pounding. You can look at Trump and you can say, eh, you know, whatever. You like him, you hate him, whatever. Mm. It'll be interesting to see what happens if DeSantis decides to get in. There will be people that will say, you know something, I like DeSantis. He may not be powerful, but he seems to get the job done. And he he defends the principles that most people in America agrees with. And he seems pretty normal. Yeah. Where Biden is just off on one end. And Trump is off on the other end. You will have independents that will think that and Republicans uh, that will think that. But what we can't discount is the fact of what we see right now, especially with possible, you know, with the possible criminal wrongdoing with influence peddling, wherever that may lead. But that's very damaging. Americans, I don't care who you are. Mm. I bet you you could find there aren't many things that poll over 90 percent. But if you polled Americans saying, should a vice president and his family, because this happened when he started as vice president, and, and you know, should the family be involved in collecting hundreds of millions of dollars to enrich the family that come from entities tied to the Chinese Communist Party and to Russia? I'm going to guess that would be one of the few things that would get over 90% approval that people are against that. Yeah, they would be against that. And even though the Democrats would know that question, probably you'd get 60 or 70 percent of Democrats say, no, that can't be, you know, if they knew it was targeted towards, you know, Biden in that case, because obviously it uh, it would be. I don't know. You know, we don't know where this is going, but all we know is everything that's happening on this. You know, Democrats were looking. They were pounding on the Trump thing this weekend. They don't want to touch the Biden thing. They own everybody in the media knows that is so damaging and that could be his downfall yeah yeah i think so um it could be trump against harris (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess we'll see
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. We is he and me. He, Eric Harley. (laughs) These are the Red Eye pronouns. He and me. (laughs) Yeah. Hey and you. (laughs) You guys. (laughs) I'm he, he's haw. Uh, Eric Harley and Gary McNamara, good morning. Hello. And uh, thank you so much for uh, uh, being here this morning. I, By the way, uh, before the yeah. top of the hour, yes, I think you said Signature Bank, and my brain was on First Republic Bank. There have been so many bank failures we were talking about. Oh, was it First Republic? Uh, maybe it was First Republic got the deposits by the yes. huge banks. Signature Bank got a partial buyer. Yeah, okay. That's and I mean. so partial buyer with like, well, it's I, I don't like two point seven billion. Right. But partial the, buyer with bail with bailouts at the same time or forgiveness or whatever. Well, the the <laughs> uh, the outstanding you know loans and everything else that that are going to be out there are still going into receivership and, and right. according to the reports, I don't know how it's going to you know play out in the end, but. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Signature and, uh, of course, uh, SVB that were the two bailouts in that one, you know, period of within just a few days. But it will be interesting to see, you know, if other banks are going to come in and buy up other, you know, properties that are basically on the on the brink now, Credit Suisse as a buyer, a $3 billion deal. And you're, I think you're going to see a, probably a handful of uh, mergers here in the future very soon. But somebody made a point on SVB, and that is, well, wait a minute. Do you want to step in just yet if you're a potential buyer? Or do you want to find out first how it's going to all fall out? One of the things that... Um, happened during uh, the mortgage meltdown is that when those banks that were being absorbed by bigger banks, you know, they had that bad paper still on the books that was out there. Uh, You still had a number of lawsuits and everything else that came into play. And of course that fell on the new owner. And so, you know, if you're thinking about, if if you're a company and you're thinking about buying out an SVB or, you know, however that's going to go down, you have to weigh those liabilities, those possibilities in liabilities going forward. So I guess we'll see where that, that plays out. Credit Suisse was one that was mentioned um, by analysts last week and said, you know, this could be the next one to fail. Uh, it was certainly, you know, they saw it as a one of the weak links in the, in the global banking community. But uh, there was a buyer that was announced over the weekend. Uh, you just, uh, by saying that, I just remembered, I said something wrong last week that I did not know was wrong Mm. because the information I had had when I'd last asked was one way, 
but it changed last year. And this is where I talked. We were talking about Uber. We were talking yeah, about you know right. uh, St. Patrick's Day drinking and driving and talking about Uber. Mm. And and I mentioned that when an Uber driver picks you up, they don't know where you're going. Mm. They don't know the final. They do now. I had an Uber driver write to me, uh, loyal listener to the show, and thank you so much for uh, for. Uh, correcting me on it he said last year that changed and since i only took two uber rides last year i never asked that question last year i'd asked that question probably two or three years ago well do you know where you're going no then they said we didn't know and so i was going on that information and the uber driver wanted to correct me that part of the new transparency program so his point was if you want to get a ride from a bar home that's a mile ride home you may not get picked up yeah right now i guess the way you would do that is you would you would reserve it. You, you you would sit there, you know, a couple of hours before and reserve it where they give you a price and you can put your tip in then. So it's, yeah, so, yeah, no, so that's you, a, that's you, right. Yeah, sure. so so I guess you would reserve it and it would be a five dollar pickup and you leave a twenty dollar tip. <laughs> sure, to go two miles and then you right. get that ride home. Yeah, hopefully. I'm not sure. I've done a few of the reservations. I don't know if you put if you can put your. I'm assuming you can put your tip. I thought I put my tip in there already. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I went to the airport one time and reserved it. Right. Now I've reserved a couple. I think. I think you're able to put your. I think you're able to put it in that. Hmm. I just can't remember. You know. But talking about the banks, one of the best articles that I read, and this is an overview of everything, not just on the failures of the of of the bank. Uh, you know, S- SVB and the others and, and the bailout, but just the tech sector overall that includes SVB. And it was written by Fraser Myers, deputy editor of Spiked Online. I have no idea who he is. Never heard of him until now. Yeah. But all I know is he got this right. Hmm. And it basically it's an article that the fall of SVB has exposed the delusion of our elites uh, Silicon Valley's woke feel-good brand of capitalism was always built on sand. And let me just, I'm, I'm going to jump throughout the article here, but there are some sentences that just are a must. Hmm. The new capitalists were supposed to be different, unlike those corrupt titans of Wall Street or the money-grubbing oil men, the 21st century tech gurus were meant to be more enlightened, a more enlightened class of entrepreneur. They were going to transform our world with their dazzling technology and their superior social values. Last week's collapse of Silicon Valley Bank ought to shatter those illusions once and for all. SVB's fall is a major humiliation to the new capitalists. It was critical to the Silicon Valley tech scene. More than half of all the U.S.'s venture capital-backed startups did their banking there. When it was shut down by regulators on Friday of the week before, it became the second largest bank to fail in U.S. history. Uh, and then he goes through the, the reasons that it, it, it happened and all that, but he, he, went, he went further. He goes, but the rise and fall of SVB is also a very Silicon Valley disaster, and it is intimately bound up with over a decade of elite policy failure. For one thing, the initial success of SVP, SVB and the tech scene more broadly owe a great deal to the ultra-low interest rates that followed the last financial crisis. Then, even looser monetary environment 
in the era of COVID sent an already rich tech sector even further into the stratosphere in that era of super easy money. SVB's deposit base swelled from $55 billion in 2020 to a whopping $220 billion in 2022 and then goes on to lay out exactly what we said caused it and that, you know, so much money and, and so many deposits. And so they put their money into the, uh, uh, you know, into the, uh, 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 you know, the, uh, the the bonds and treasury bills and, and things like that. And when they mm-hmm. had to cash them out, they lost a ton of, uh, of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it says, while SVB was unusually sensitive to changes in interest rates because of its bond holdings, the past decade of low rates has distorted the entirety of the Silicon Valley economy. Easy money has created a tech scene built on genuine, less on genuine innovation or consumer benefit than on hype, bluffing, and bull. You know the word. Mm-hmm. He actually uses the word mm-hmm. BS. As if to illustrate that point, the very evening before SVB's collapse, a prominent venture capitalist was delivering uh, delivering a seminar at SVB's Santa Clara headquarters. It was uh, a to- the topic was how to pitch your wow to investors this wow factor is what silicon valley is really about it's what pulls the wool over eyes of investors politicians and other champions of big tech it ensures that the money keeps flowing in and healthy skepticism is kept at bay consider how many silicon valley uh, most hype businesses have turned out to be flops and outright frauds and he goes through all of them Sam uh, uh, Bankman-Fried, uh, Theranos, WeWork, uh, you know, uh, continues to uh, 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 Juicero, uh, a, a, a dog-walking startup, and then writes, even some of big techs, we just talked about Uber, even some of big techs, most popular apps like Uber and Deliveroo are built on financial sand. There is no prospect of them ever turning a profit. Hmm. Meanwhile... And this goes back to you, Eric. Meanwhile, Facebook parent company Meta is squandering much of its earnings by pouring more than a billion dollars per month into developing its Metaverse virtual reality platform, which even its own employees don't want to use. Wow. And and, and, uh, it says SVB was uh, similarly undiscerning with its cash, according to the Wall Street Journal. It was keen to offer services to startups that often weren't profitable and in some cases did not even make a product. In Silicon Valley, it's not just the business models that are broken. Often the tech itself is woeful and goes through uh, Chad GPT and a bunch of other you know different things out there mm-hmm. and says the rise of Silicon Valley is a triumph of style over substance, of hype over reality. Well, which is, if you think about it, hype over reality. You just described social media in general as a collective. Mm -hmm. Hype over reality. You'll see that things are, you know, very viral or whatever in social media. That things just circulate over and over again. And then all of a sudden it's gone. Well... This is how they were investing in lending. Think about that. 
Theranos should have never happened. Nope. And what was it? It was hype over hype over hype over hype. How do you get there, though? If you look at the rise before the fall of Elizabeth Holmes at Theranos, how did that happen? Oh, she's the next Steve Jobs. Because she wears a black turtleneck? Because she tells an interesting emotional story? The one thing you can say about Steve Jobs is he was in a place, at a place, where he could hold something that was tangible and he could prove that that product did what he said it was going to do. And and finally, he writes, these firms and their backers like to bathe in the warm glow of virtue, of woke, of environmentalism, and of so-called effective altruism. This was effectively the case at SVB. They paraded the diversity of its board of directors, ticking every box in terms of race, gender, and sexuality while having just one member with experience of banking at high levels. It was committed to ESG, environmental, social, and governance rules, and showered money on climate technology ventures. Indeed, SVB was such a big player in the green industry that, according to the Washington Post, many major clean tech companies faced insolvency following SVB's collapse before the U.S. government stepped in. The pseudo-progressive values also chime perfectly with the elites of Washington, Wall Street, and Davos. They create the right vibes around Silicon Valley ventures. The virtue signaling not only masks the fundamental shakiness of these businesses, it also presents investing in them as some sort of moral endeavor. In the fall of SVB, we see the solu- de- excuse me, the delusions of the elites coming home to roost. The Silicon Valley dream, sold on hype and sustained by easy money, has turned into a nightmare. Well, I asked the question right out of the gate. Was it cultural in how this entire institution was built? And did they put culture over finding the right people with the skill sets, the very basics of banking 101? As Larry Summers said, look, they invested long term and, you know, and lent Short term, I mean, you can't do that or borrowed short term. You can't do that. You know, those are the things that will it's it's these are the fundamentals that everybody in banking knows. Which begs the question, how many banking experience pros were there that would have caught those red flags to begin with? And. Would they have been able to stay there if culturally you don't check all those marks, right? All of everything that is pointed out here. Then do you get to stay? If if you're an executive at a bank like that and you say, well, we can't be worried about gender. We can't be worried about it. We have to be worried about numbers. Do you have a job tomorrow? Do you have a job tomorrow? No. And if everything is built 
on that type of culture, it's not banking. Well, I don't know what it is. But then, but then the bailout goes to uh, enable the same unsustainable businesses. This is exactly why Elizabeth Warren, in her piece that she wrote, the guest piece in New York Times, she's supporting a bailout for this for these types of banks. But you go after the big corporations otherwise. You go after billionaires. But you can't have it both ways. Well, you know, you get when you have Lawrence Summers, you know, he he's and and you had the, the one Harvard economist come out and say the San Francisco Fed didn't know about SVB's problems, but knew their carbon footprint. Every yeah. you know, you you yeah. get to the people that really are about making money and what is you know, what's, uh, you know, what is a tangible product to sell, whether mm-hmm. you're whether the product you're selling is money and that's what banks sell or anything else. But I love the way that he put, you know, they went after the oil companies, but the oil companies were selling something tangible. Think about all the companies that the the liberals go after. Right. The so-called woke. And we will define it if you wish. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but the 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 woke corporations that exist out there, what are they actually selling you? Bull. Yeah. That's exactly. what they're selling. 86690 Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller. And I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. At the core of compliance, safety, accountability, or CSA, is FMCSA's Safety Measurement System, or SMS. The SMS uses seven safety improvement categories called BASICs to examine a carrier's on-road performance and potential crash risk. The categories of BASICs are unsafe driving, hours of service compliance, driver fitness, controlled substances and alcohol, vehicle maintenance, hazardous materials compliance, and crash indicator. Under FMCSA's old measurement system, carrier performance was assessed in only four broad categories. Violations or crashes that have occurred within the previous 24 months of performance data are included in CSA calculations, but more recent events are weighted more heavily than older events. Violations or crashes that have happened within the past six months are weighted 33% more than events that occurred 6 to 12 months ago. And violations that are older than a year are weighted 66% less than recent violations. This allows a carrier to improve their CSA score gradually as they see fewer and fewer violations. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Red Eye Radio, he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Coming up following the bottom of the hour, the uh, politician that demanded defunding the police just a couple of years ago and now is begging for more police.
Gary McNamara, and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE, from Yahoo News. And I'm saying the news source because we always do it. And just so you know, this is not a uh, conservative news source. Hillary Ronan, a Democrat who represents District 9 on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors during a Budget and Appropriations Committee meeting last Wednesday, she made an impassioned plea to add more officers to the Mission District, which she represents. Ronan was attacking the San Francisco police chief for spending a large amount of overtime on an anti-retail theft program instead of prioritizing police presence in her district. I've been begging this department. I'll just think about the passion here. Mm. I've been begging this department to give the mission what it deserves in terms of police presence all year long. And I've been told time and time and time and time again that there are no officers that we can send to mission. Uh, And that hurts. And I feel betrayed by the department. I feel betrayed by the mayor. I feel betrayed by the priorities of the city. The Democrat politician said. Can you believe that speech last week contradicts her stance on policing in 2020? Ronan tweeted at that time she strongly believed that San Francisco's police force needed to be reduced. I want to make it clear that I believe strongly in defunding the police and reducing the number of officers on our force, Ronan wrote. For decades, we have had an imbalance in our city's budget with hundreds of millions of dollars going to the San Francisco Police Department to have them do work that they are not qualified to do. So there you go. (laughs) Well, and I have to ask, did she get reelected in that time period? I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know. I don't I don't know whether that just popped into my my head right now. Obviously, her district, District 9, doesn't like it. That's why she is so passionate, because she's hearing from them. Yeah, I have to ask the question. Hmm. Was she up for re-election in 21 or 22? And did they vote her back in again? I'd have to go back and look. And, well, we know this. There wasn't a huge shift in the political mindset aside from this. There wasn't a huge conservative movement. (laughs) No. But this is what happens. But the polls showed it right away. Defund the police? Yes, yes, those police need to be. What about your police in your town? No, no. It is abstract versus reality. And then when you live in a, you know, in a liberal area, you can get away with this whole thing. Look what happened in... Portland and, well, just about everywhere else. But politically, did their party really pay the price? No. Okay, I guess uh, assumed office January 9th, 2017, according to 
Okay. Wikipedia doesn't show a recent election. So okay. I don't know how. All right. I don't know how long you serve for. Okay. But the party isn't really paying the price. They can do the about face. Oh no, we need to now we need to fund the police. And the party will still get the majority of people supporting them. Whether it's that particular candidate no, or somebody here else. Here it is. She was elected in 2020. So re-elected then. November 3rd of 2020 after she said that in the summer she got uh, in the uh, general election for San Francisco Board of Supervisors. The ranked choice voting election was won by her in round one with 99.8% of the vote. You can't make this crap up, you know. You wow. just can't, You can't make it up. You just can't make it up. Yeah, so nothing really changes. She got 29,220, uh, uh, excuse me, 29,212 votes. Her challenger got 63. (laughs) Yep. And there you are. Yep. And she voted against your best interest now that you're screaming about and you voted her back in again. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, she's the no co- doubt that in 2020, that was a big part of oh, her campaign. i got to find that article that I saw. Oh, I just realized. I saw another article i got to find. Just mm-hmm. popped into my head over the weekend. And it was, it was exactly what we said. <laughs> that the Democrat politicians have created the problem. <laughs> and you're expecting the Democrat politicians that created the problem to solve the problem that they created. This is another example. She helped to create the problem. Get rid of the police. We don't need the police. Get rid of the police. Defund the police. Defund the police. Where are the police? Well, no. I mean, you set the house on fire in the backyard, and you come around in the front, you grab the hose. (laughs) I mean, that's essentially what they're doing. Their party has not suffered any of that. You know, she gets pushed back and other Democrats get the pushback. And clearly, that's why they feel the pressure to do the about face on the issue. Oh, yeah. She's but, her. you know, if they want to run again, if it's not her, somebody else in her party is going to win. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it's like in, in uh, Chicago. Will mm-hmm. there be any difference? When the elect, when the, the the general election is done and said, no, I I would argue, and in in fact, look, at this point, the Democratic voter uh, for Biden, the majority of Democrats don't want him to run again, but it's not because he's too liberal; it's because he can't communicate properly. They need somebody to do the agenda. That can communicate properly. He's That's not, what they want. He's not lying effectively. Exactly. You got to smooth things out. He can't do that. You have to lie better. Yes. And by the way, I'm not being sarcastic. No, that's exactly I'm not what being they want. Sar- I'm not being sarcastic at all. When McAuliffe lost, it was that night 
We need more radicals to run. You got to be able to sell it. You know, uh, if Newsom were to run, you know, they it's because they believe he can sell the agenda better. Now, we have questions as to whether or not he can politically, he can perform outside of California, but that's what they believe. By the way, that's the top story is Newsom. Newsom under pressure to take executive action on reparations if the California legislature doesn't act. Mm. Wow. What do you do there? Sorry. I mean, it was going to be at your door one way or the other. This is exactly the way you intended this to go. Well, I didn't know that there was a cost for the California reparations tax task force that wants to give 360000 per person to almost $2 million that would be eligible. Mm. It would be between 650 and $700 billion. Well, certainly the current governor of California supports that, right? Well, they want him to act. Yeah. I don't know how he can I don't know how he can act. I don't I don't know what he can do in, in any executive order as governor, but you better watch out because inflation's hitting really hard as we see it hit hard really in San Francisco, so they're up to 5 million. Right. You see Bill Maher. That's the cost of living for almost two full years in San Francisco. <laughs> Bill Maher was even going crazy about that. Yeah. You're talking about this. This is why people won't vote for you. It's not, you can't do it. It's impossible. Well, why are you doing The only reason you're doing it is exactly what we said mm -hmm. is you need, you need to live in the delusional world because you know, you can't get there. So, but, but you promote the fact that we're going to do something that is not, that is impossible to do. Yeah. But if it's impossible to do, if we reach as Democrats, for the greater impossibility for something that's not possible, well, then we're better human beings than you who wish to do something that is actually something of substance. Substance doesn't matter. Caring by promising something that's impossible makes you a better human being. We don't believe it's impossible. We believe anything is possible. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah but you haven't done the math right lying to you about what is possible yeah because it goes back to chris christie when speaking to the firefighters again mm -hmm. all these people lied to you over the years about what they could do and they could never do it they knew they'd be out of office now i come in to clean up the mess right. and tell you it's not possible and you're booing me because they were lying to you and i'm telling you the truth exactly that's exactly what liberalism has become. I mean, that's the that's why I love that story so much. And and I think that the residents of California should demand that it's even higher than five million. We want ten and we think the California legislature should make it ten million each. That's right. If you're going to bankrupt your state, go out with style for God's sakes. Make it worth something. Yeah, don't wimp around. Bankrupt your state completely. Have businesses move out. Become yeah. become not 
not figuratively, but literally, a third world country. And then you can say we have destroyed our entire state because we care. Yes, we were willing to go that far. Yes. Destroy everything. We destroyed our entire state. Nobody got anything in the long run. But by doing so, we showed that we care. Is that any different than what's going on in Portland right now? I can't believe. Go to YouTube and just put in the problems with Portland, Oregon, oh, and watch how many. Yeah. I can't believe how many. And I talked about this last week, <laughs> yeah. and I watched more over the weekend, mm-hmm. and I uh, got a hold of my old producer when I was at uh, uh, KXL, our great affiliate there, but I got a hold of Leafy, and I said, do you know how many? I can't believe, you know, you would assume that they're just ignoring it in Portland. Right. You know, just because how does this go on for such a long time? Put up a viral and, video or something, and, do something, anything else than address it. I was right? watching this one. They're following a, a copper on it. Basically, he carries a, was the the uh, the stuff to the Narcon. Yeah. That's what he, car- the, he carries. And he had he had some and some paramedics had run out. Yeah. And he's with the right. reporter from Canada from BC and they're about to legalize all drugs and she's following the police around to find out how it's going on in Portland then they talk to this one guy who has a basically he takes to his business is taking down graffiti and they start talking about well should we do this she's from Canada and they're about to do the same thing and they're like no don't do it don't decriminalize the drugs mm-hmm. all these people are just passionate i guarantee yeah. they're democrats yeah you should saying, just abs- just let it go. Just absolutely let right. it all go. But it, give it, up. I mean, it, you see how you know with the what they're doing with crime. They wish to destroy the city. So why not for the state? Mm-hmm. Look, either you believe it or you don't. If you don't believe it, then you have to state why. What what can the governor of California say in response to those that are pressuring him to act? We don't have the money? Since when is that a problem? Yeah. Come up with the money. You fund everything else. Exactly. What's more important, electric vehicles or reparations? Tax the rich. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. You know how insane it's getting? You saw where uh, Letitia uh, James, the Attorney General of New York, had the drag story hour for families and kids were there. Mm-hmm. And it, there yeah. was a bunch of protests. This yeah. is how this is how in your face they're getting yeah. You know, right now. Right. And I think one of the best memes that's out there, you see it on Facebook and Twitter all the time, which is do whatever you want in your bedroom. Don't bring the kids in. Yeah. That, that, and I went, that's it right there. No, that's it. That's I, it. You, don't, you know. And 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 that's where I think a lot of people are today. And frankly, I think that's where a lot of the Democratic rank and file are. You know, yeah. as an adult, you make a decision. That's fine. You're bringing the kids, kids. in. That's weird. That's where the perversion comes in that we exactly. talked about.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can <laughs> you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.